With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day low actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus The Dave Hooker Show. A presentation of Off the Hook Sports. Objective insight. Expertise. Top guest. Available on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the Off the Hook Sports app. Download now for free. Also available on offthehooksports.com. I compute and obey. Now to Dave Hooker. Hello, one and all SEC football fans. And there's a lot of you out there, not just Tennessee fans, as referenced by our message board. So thanks for jumping on. Please subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. Caleb just went away for a second, but we have him back. Uh, Caleb, there he is. So. That's all right, Caleb. We've got a lot going on. It's a Thursday with Josh Ward of the Sports Animal. You know we love visiting with Josh, and he's got that next-up mentality, a column that's going to show up on offthehooksports.com later today. And also, we've got a, a an interesting situation with uh, SEC Media Days. That schedule was announced and quite the trio for Tennessee on the final day of SEC media days. I've got that for you. Let's just say that Lane, Shane, and Josh will all be there on the same day. And Joe Milton, the third dark horse with a shot at the first round by 247 Sports. I said that first. Caleb, you know I did. Can you back me, sir? Of course, you were always on Joe Milton as a Heisman candidate from the start, Dave. You were Dave is the resident Joe Milton defender on this show for everybody who's followed. 
Well, no, people, I did write that recently, though, that Anthony Richardson's display could open it up for Joe Milton because he's going to win all the measurables in the combine. So people think I've been right. You did write that. You also were, you're less than a month removed from having predicted he would lose his job in September. (laughs) So, I mean, you know. That was before spring. I've I've learned stuff, my man. So, um, yeah. So I'm, I'm a bit further down the road on that. A, a quick news bit, if we can, before we get to uh, Tennessee, a top 10 team. A lot of national media think they won't be a top 10 team. But a quick news bit uh, out of Alabama where Greg Sankey released a uh, uh, released what a, a message, a, a note or whatever on Alabama's baseball possible gambling situation. Can you just uh, kind of update with me what he said there? Because this is one of those things that starts little and could be very, very big. Yes. And for people who are interested, I am usually not a fan of this site because they get a lot of things wrong, but I'm citing Trey Wallace and Outkick on here. And Trey Wallace, I do believe in his reporting usually. So I will give him props for that. But Ohio had already suspended. Now New Jersey has stopped legal wagering on Alabama baseball games. And Greg Sankey has released a statement to OutKick about this. I'm pulling it up now. And effectively what he said is, we are aware of reports related to the suspension of wagering in Alabama baseball games. We will continue to monitor information and any regulatory activity. As many states have acted to legalize sports gambling, we are reminded of the threats gambling may impose to competitive integrity. Together with our member universities, we will continue to emphasize the importance of regulating, overseeing, and providing education related to sports gambling activity. Don't think that Nick Saban won't say something on this if this could compromise the program in any way. Because if anybody will throw is willing to throw other sports at his program under the bus, it's Nick Saban. And for the record, he should be willing to do that. Um, um, what are the chances that this turns into a big thing? Caleb, before we we get to Tennessee, not in the top 10 by some national media. I think there's a very good chance it turns into a big thing. Two separate states have done this now. I think more than I think I, I don't know if they're related, but I think there is. We thought that the NCAA was going to look to make an example out of Tennessee with the football investigation, but out there is some massive issues going on with Alabama athletics from the Brandon Miller thing to the deputy athletic director, having a domestic violence charge. And I shouldn't say Brandon Miller. Cause he wasn't the one who fired the gun. Darius miles, Brandon Miller, the basketball team's issue, basically that we know the athletic department co- tried to cover up for, for a little while, even however you feel Brandon Miller, whether or not you think he should have played, it's very clear. The athletic department tried to shield him at all from his involvement and lied to the public. Then there's this deputy athletic director's domestic violence charge. And now this, I mean, there's something really rotten within the athletic department right now. And I think someone is going to look into it hard because this is why, that's why I think it's significant. Well, with domestic violence charges with with Jalen McCullough, we saw this last year, there can be a huge gray area. So a lot of times if you're an 18, 19, 20 year old guy that, Listen, I take them very seriously. Don't get me wrong. But there can be a gray area. Uh, uh, And I remember Steve Spurrier said, if you ever hit a woman, you're not going to be on our team. And I completely adhere to that. Uh, However, there is a gray area. The problem I have is when, why 
I am more likely to jump to judgment, Caleb, is because this is a person in a leadership position. This is not the 18-year-old that we talked about at Georgia that used uh, an Asian racial slang term. Um, th this is a person that is expected to be a leader in your athletic department. So to me, that's that's immediately a bigger deal. If, if the exact same story came out, domestic violence with a 19, 20-year-old player, I know he's surrounded by people that could potentially want to bait him. Um, I'm not defending anyone in domestic violence. Please don't read that wrong. But I am telling you that if you're in a leadership position, it's a lot, lot different. So go ahead and uh, hit that like button so we can bring people on board. First person to uh, post on our message board each and every day gets a T-shirt. We air live at 10 a.m. So we've got Travis taken care of. He'll get the T-shirt. He'll email me and then we will be uh, good to go. So what do you think Nick Saban will say about this Caleb I mean what what does he say because you said he would have a retort and I believe that would be the case if he does that then what's the retort what does he say because here's the crazy part about once you get that big and Philip Fulmer got that big no pun intended on weight but I've been a fat guy. I can say that. So, I mean, but once you get so big and you have so much clout, the athletic department might have trouble reining you in. So in the early 2000s, I thought Tennessee had a discipline issue and they had trouble reining it in. So Nick Saban has so much clout. You could call him and say, hey, um, don't say anything, Nick. We'd appreciate it if you just uh, kind of keep quiet on this thing. And he could say, go stuff it. You didn't hire me. Yeah, I don't. I, I have more clout than you. I'll do whatever I want to. I'll call a local columnist if I want to and talk to them about the situation because I've got to take this attention away from my program. Caleb, that could very well happen. And I agree with you. I think he will say something. I think he's probably the only coach in the SEC that has the clout and one of the few coaches in the nation that has the clout to come out and say something even though it's probably not in the athletic department's best interest. Yeah. And so what I think is going to happen, I think he's going to stay quiet for a minute because I think he wants to let the investigation play out. I don't think he's stupid. He's not going to recklessly like mess up an investigation in any way. So he's going to let the investigation play out. Once it's resolved or anything comes to light about this, he's going to say something. And I agree. He has. The he'll, only say coach I remember, the, he'll say something by the end of next week. Oh, you're probably right. The only coach I know and, and, and we've talked about this before. A coach having this level of power is always dangerous. The only coach I ever knew to have this level of power, having lived in Western Maryland, just south of Pennsylvania, was Joe Paterno, who was the most powerful person in the state of Pennsylvania. And we saw how that played out. But I will say, I don't think any coach should be that powerful. But I will say, I, I think if any coach is equipped to handle that level of power, it's Nick Saban more than Joe Paterno, who had all the power in the world, but didn't care if kids were being raped on his campus or if and didn't care to watch, didn't even care to coach the games. And when the athletic, I remember the administrator went to, one of the administrators went to fire Joe Paterno in like 2003. And he said, get out of my house. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically you just, you just can't do it. Yeah. Um, so we're, we're seeing clearly into the future 
uh, what uh, Nick Saban might say. And it's uh, brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. I have no contacts. I have no glasses. How did I get away with that? I had a LASIK, and it's awesome. Absolutely unbelievable. Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han has cataract surgery available as well. And they've got their individual eye centers where, where they can take care of your annual visits. They're incredible. So what do you think Nick Saban might say? What do you think will be the tenor? I think Nick Saban will straight up say with our program, there is no gambling allowed. He'll volunteer it too, by the way. He'll just, he might even, volunteer. he said, there is no, nobody's allowed to gamble on sports within our program. If they, within our football program, if they do, they will be kicked off the team immediately. He's probably already called a team meeting about this. I, well, no, he can't. Cause once I don't think coaches can meet with players can they once spring practice is over, but no, they can, they, they can. can, they can call a team meeting. Yeah. He's probably already called a team meeting with his players. And he said, if, if one of you has a fan duel account, you're off the team. Like, yeah, you I actually, have an account. Why in the world would you even have an account? If you're interested in spreads, you can go to ESPN.com. You don't have to have an account. Well, a fan duel, you can't, a fan duel accounts to place bets, but I don't know if you can place no. bets in Alabama anyway. No, no, no. That's what I mean. You shouldn't, if you're a player of any sport, college or pro, you shouldn't even have one of those accounts. And we're getting ready to work with a gambling site. And I would tell, uh, I would tell the guys we work with, Jake and Jacob and Cooper, the same thing. Don't even have an account. If you're curious as to spreads while you're playing, you can look it up on ESPN.com. But you don't need a FanDuel account. No, you absolutely don't. And I guess the, the philosophy is you could you could use it to bet on other sports. But I would be like, if I were a coach, oh. I would be like, no, you can't bet on any sport. No betting. No betting allowed. It's way too dangerous. There's There's no question about it. Let's get to today's tough question. And I believe it's a goodie. We get to that right now. And it's brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Today's tough question. Take a side. Take a stand. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of OffTheHookSports.com. So Tennessee is outside the top 10 in some post-spring rankings. Alabama not in the top five. We talked Bama, so let's turn this to the Vols. Let's start with CBSSports.com as their post-spring rankings. They have Tennessee at 16. Whoa, that's a lot lower than I would have figured. As for ESPN, their postseason rankings, they have Tennessee outside the top 10 as well, but higher at Number 11. Is this disrespectful? Caleb Calhoun, that's the question I want to ask you. And that's today's tough question. Is Tennessee being disrespected or is this fair? And it's brought to you by AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Save thousands or tens of thousands with a realtor that has over 40 years of experience in his office with the real estate, best prices, best service in Knoxville. AndyMasonRealEstate.com. Disrespectful? I think it uh I think the CBS Sports one definitely is. I and the ESPN one of 11 somewhat I would be stunned if Tennessee didn't finish within the top 10 this season at the end of the year. And they should be a preseason top 10 team. Period end of discussion. But John says I like those rankings. Great motivation to prove them wrong. And it gives me something to ask Cooper and Jacob about. But that's true, but it's, I think it's somewhat disrespectful. It's absolutely disrespectful. Now to 
I'm obviously, I'm with you. I've turned in my fan card years ago, but to play the role of a fan, the two people who wrote this are known Vol haters, Dave. <laughs> and one of them is a recent resident Vol hater. Dennis Dodd wrote this at CBS. Same guy who said Nico ain't cutting it in spring ball before he ever threw a pass. So, and he, that's where Tennessee came in at number 16. Dennis, you got an agenda against Tennessee, man. Did somebody at Tennessee steal your lunch money? Like, and well, it's funny because I know that Barrett Slee is big on Tennessee. He was big on Butch Jones, and he was big on the column he wrote yesterday. And no, that's not a Tennessee accent, Caleb. But that's a that's a Paul Feinbaum caller accent. I know. Oh, okay, good. Good. That's that's a Feinbaum. I can't do it. Tennessee's got a different type of Southern accent. I can't really do it. The East Tennessee slow Southern drawl. I can't do it well. It's the eyes, the eyes. That turn, yeah, but, go from your yeah, eyes to eyes, like, but, and uh, I, I do that from time to time. I used to do it quite a bit if I'd had a couple of uh, cold ones in me. Um, is it motivation for, for Tennessee? I, I would post it up. I'd post the number 16 up in the locker room. Oh, yeah. That one's absolutely motivation. Number 11, it's Mark Schleyball who wrote it. I also think he's had an agenda a little bit against Tennessee over the years since he's a Georgia guy. But, you know, that's a, <laughs> that's that's just me saying say my conspiracies of Slave on Dennis Dodd. But, yes, I think 16 is motivating. See, I think – I don't think it's going to be as motivating because they're, they're going to see <coughs> – excuse me, something in my throat. They're going to see a lot of things giving them respect, and they're going to see more giving them respect. I don't know if Tennessee's capable of – doing what Michael Jordan was able to do, which was just take the one thing that offends him and use it as, as fuel. I don't know. I don't know if they're capable of doing that. I will say who should take it personally is Joe Milton, Dennis Dodd's article. Here's what he says about Tennessee. Joe Milton can throw it to the moon. It's actually pretty funny. Just don't ask him to hit the moon. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically saying he has accuracy issues and Alex Golish being gone and Hendon Hooker being gone and and the losses of Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt. So Tillman yes, I think Tillman barely played. I'm sorry. Tillman barely played. I don't know how that could be a fact. Well, yeah, he he noted that a squirrel white should be able to replace him along with Brew McCoy. I think the big thing is Joe Milton should take it as disrespect more than anything. Joe Milton's getting been getting a lot more respect recently, uh, ever since the Orange Bowl. And I think he should take personally what Dennis Dodd wrote about it. And I do think Joe Milton is the type that can take things personally, because I think part of what made him play so well in the Orange Bowl was all the negative press he was getting leading up to that game. Yep. Uh, like, share, and subscribe. We greatly appreciate that. Um, is Tennessee the kind of mini version of Georgia last year on the message board? Georgia was disrespected. They couldn't come out and win another championship because of all they lost. Is that a fair comparison, Caleb? Kind of a poor man's perhaps disrespect? Yeah, I think I think partially because of just the loss of talent, there's an unknown. But everybody knew last year that Georgia was loaded. Just no one knew how – everybody knew Georgia was loaded, just no one knew anything about the talent. Last year's Georgia team reminds reminded me of – 98 Tennessee where that 98 team was super disrespected because of what they lost but that team everybody knew that team was loaded with talent it was just unproven talent at that point 
So let me ask you, I'm, I'm going to run down these teams really quick. Uh, we got Josh Ward coming up and portions of the program brought to you by Zulbeer, xulbeer.com. They've got parking downtown and a panoramic view of the city worldwide award-winning craft beer. So I think you would agree Georgia, Michigan, and Ohio State, which in CBS, those are one, two, three. They are better than Tennessee heading into the season, you would think. We all saw last year that things could change quickly, but I would have to have them above uh, Tennessee. So let me throw these other at you uh, real quick. Penn State, they've got it four. No. Washington, five. No. Alabama, six. I understand putting Alabama ahead of Tennessee. I do. I do. But no. I think we'll know after the first month a better team based off quarterback play. So I think that's a coin flip. Florida State. No, the most overrated team in college football right now, and I'm sick of the love Florida State's getting. Sorry. That's driving me crazy. What was the team last year that got all the preseason love that didn't pan out? But I think Florida State's that team this year. Uh, Texas A&M, wasn't it? Yep. It was A&M. LSU. Yes, I actually think they might be better than Tennessee this year. Okay. I could, I could get, get rural with them over Tennessee. Notre Dame is not. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman hired a player's coach. You can get one year out of a player's coach. They got a pretty good year last year. But I'm going to go ahead and tell you that's going to start to slide downhill. Okay? I'm just I'm telling you it's going to happen. And it's going to start this year. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take that one. Uh, Clemson. Tennessee just beat Clemson. I'm fine if you think Clemson's going to finish ranked ahead of Tennessee because as easy of a schedule as I think Tennessee has, Clemson's got an easier one. I mean, I will say that look, we were talking about SEC dominance yesterday, and I still believe in it, but good Lord, Tennessee and Georgia have two of the easiest schedules you could ever imagine for SEC teams, but Clemson's got an easier one. I'm not any more of a believer in Cade Klubnick than I am Joe Milton, though, based off what I saw in that Orange Bowl. Uh, Oregon. Again, I could see them being ranked higher than Tennessee at the end of the year because of where they play. And I think Oregon could win the Pac-12 this year. I would say the same thing for Kansas State. You You? think Kansas State's going to win the Big 12? (sighs) I think they'll be right there. I mean, I I think they'll be right there. Um, I don't think they're better than Tennessee, but I think they could finish ranked ahead of Tennessee. Okay, fair enough. Um, Um, uh, Southern Cal has Caleb Williams coming back. I was a little surprised that Southern Cal was higher on this list. I agree. Uh, uh, Utah, um, you know, t- they've established something. Back-to-back Rose Bowls, two consecutive Pac-12 titles. So I don't have a problem with them them getting some love. But if Tennessee and Utah played this season uh, at a neutral site, I'd have the Vols as probably a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Yeah, I think Utah's maxed out what they can do. Don't you? Like, the pa- couple Pac-12 titles, this is all they can really do. And so, like, I don't think that's better than Tennessee. I'm fine with USC or Oregon because I think USC or Oregon could take it to – well, certainly USC could take it to another level. I think Oregon could – Oregon's cap is somewhere above Utah but below as high as you could USC could get. And so, yeah, I, I still have Tennessee ahead of Utah. I agree. Yep. Or, um, yeah. And then, so the last one um, – who did I have? I lost my screen there. Oregon State's the last one. Okay, sorry. Uh, Oregon State, uh, they do have DJ Ugalele, uh, career reboot. Uh, he transfers from Clemson. I don't think he's worth a darn. No. Oregon <laughs> State is living off of one game last year where they, to their credit, they beat Oregon at home towards the end of the year. 
That was at home. Oregon had a first year head coach. Ten and th- that's the best they're going to do. Oregon's going to be better this year with Dan Lanning in a second year. I'm sorry. Oregon State's going to fall back to the pack. That was one of those years where, do you remember in 2017 when South Carolina went 9-4 and four under Will Muschamp and everybody was thinking, oh, Will Muschamp is building something in South Carolina. But in reality, it was because Tennessee and Florida were having their worst years in history. That voice. <laughs> it's Caleb Gowden. I'm Dave Hooker. Uh, Tennessee, I would have it about eight. I would have them yeah. at about eight. And I think there's an, a potential upside to be two at the end of the year. If Joe Milton doesn't play well, there's potential to be 18 at the end of the year. Um, so I think there's a lot of variance there. Could have said the same thing last year. Josh Ward up next with the Sports Animal. He is tremendous. He's Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker off the hook sports. Two minutes, Josh Ward. Family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street right next to the Tennessee Theater. Hi, Mike Davis here with City Heating and Air, reminding you to always dare to compare. Our team provides quality local heating and air service, installation, and maintenance across East Tennessee. We use only the best equipment like American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning for your residential, new construction, or commercial needs. Honesty, dependability, and customer satisfaction have been the cornerstones of our business since 1961. City Heat and Air. Dare to compare. Craven Wings has the cleanest, healthiest wings in town. We pride ourselves on our slogan, always fresh, never frozen. Come try us and discover the difference yourself. New location now open at the Markets at Chodo. With all that sun, sand, and salt water, the beach is a very relaxing place. Unless you wear contacts. Ow! Open your eyes to the best the beach has to offer with LASIK Vision Correction from Campbell Cunningham Laser Center. Ah. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero Turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Vasti's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Vasti Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Objective coverage. Hey, that's new. If we get cut, we're going to jail. The Dave Hooker Show, a presentation of Off the Hook Sports. YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and the free Off the Hook Sports app. <coughs> I need to see some identification. Back to Dave Hooker. Boy, this next guy is awesome. Josh Ward joins us each and every Thursday, and he is absolutely the best. And Josh has something that's going to go up on offthehooksports.com that we want to talk about later today. As for the hooker shirts, those are out and about first. One that posts on the message board tomorrow wins a hooker shirt, but we've already given the three out. So we'll have that for you tomorrow for those that didn't make a hooker shirt. And I'm sorry 
D who's a trucker and he's 2000 miles away and he didn't get logged on in time, but that's, that's tough. It's not as bad as a flat tire uh, in a semi, but it's uh, we'll have to, we'll have to get you one tomorrow, but I'll take care of you. Let's get to Josh Ward of the sports animal. Good morning, Josh. How are you? Good morning. Doing great. Great to be with you. So um, next man up. What is, um, what does that mean to you? Because there are times when I've heard the term next man up from namely John Chavis. And he was saying that and it sounded good. But at the end of the day, it was next man down because it was during the season and there was a guy that was injured. Mm -hmm. But in this case, in the point of your column, next man up doesn't look bad for the balls at all. Yeah, it's more of the cycle that you go through as a program because players have to leave at some point, uh, and sometimes they decide to leave early. You actually want guys that are going to leave early because that means they have NFL opportunities and they've probably succeeded in your program. So I was thinking about the 1990s, and if you think about the, the mid to late 90s, that incredible run, the amount of wins Tennessee had is going to be difficult to replace. I don't think any program should really have that kind of standard or expectation unless you get there and then you're trying to hold on to it like Alabama or Georgia in terms of how many games Tennessee won. But the culture of that program, and it had been established before that and then really took off, was they had a lot of talent that came in, guys succeeded, they held each other accountable, and then as more talent came in, those guys that were leading the way showed the younger players this is how it's done. So then when those younger players had their opportunity after guys left, the next man up knew what to do. So yes, next man up often is going to talk about somebody goes down with an injury, you need somebody to step up. And if you recruit at a high enough level, you can have four, maybe five-star players that are next in line. But right now for Tennessee football, because of the last two years, you've seen players buy into what's happening at Tennessee develop within the program, succeed, which has led to more wins for Tennessee, and then turn that into NFL opportunities. Back-to-back years having five guys drafted. This year having five players taken in the first three rounds. Only Alabama had more, but they're gone now. So Hendon Hooker leaves. Joe Milton is the next man up. Jalen Hyatt leaves. Squirrel White is one of the next men up. There are a number of guys at receiver that will have a chance. Ramel Keaton gets to take on an even bigger role. Same for Brew McCoy. And I think on the defensive side, Byron Young leaving the year before, Matthew Butler leaving, showed Amari Thomas what to do. So Tennessee is in a position where talented players are up next. And on defense, Joshua Josephs is a younger player that will have more of a chance this year. And there's some veterans returning too, which I brought up in the column. And that's what you need to happen every year to sustain success. Your next man up percentage, what do you think are transfers as opposed to actual organic players coming through the program? Yeah, there will be a transfer element for sure. Like Jeremy Banks leaves and Keenan Peely is going to come in and help with that. But so will Aaron Beasley. I look at the defensive side at linebacker and I start the conversation with Beasley as a leader, but Peely can be a playmaker and as a veteran, somebody that takes on a leadership quality. Same with somebody like Gabe Judy Lolly coming in at corner. But that's more to fix an issue where they need more talent to, to make a difference from where they've been the last couple of years. And then on offense, Dante Thornton comes in and will have a chance to play right away. But I would be really surprised if Squirrel White does not 
find an opportunity in this offense day one, uh, meaning the Virginia game and, and playing all season long. So next man up, I think most often will be players who were in the program the year before. And, and also you'll recruit some freshmen that are so talented. They come in and they make an impact right away, but that's often going to be the exception, not the rule. Not everybody is Eric Berry. Very few are Eric Berry or Trey Smith being able to come in as true freshmen and making a difference immediately. So Josh, the most famous next man up story for Tennessee, everybody knows is 1998 Jamal Lewis goes down. Travis Henry is just right there ready to wait in the wings. If there is a position where Tennessee has that this year, what would it be where there's a star player and no one, and there is a very good backup that nobody knows how good he is, but he would reveal himself if the star player got hurt. Um, I would say if that's the case, it's, you know, maybe in the secondary, uh, it just, it, well, it depends. Like if, if they listen to us talk about Cameron Selden in the running back room, like go back there. And uh, I wrote about him a couple weeks ago. He probably won't be that much of a surprise showed himself at the spring game, but he's a, he's a true freshman that will have an opportunity or maybe Dylan Sampson. But I would say in the secondary, you had a number of guys come in this spring that are talented, have ability and may play early, but are any of them going to start right away? Again, I'm always skeptical with freshmen, but as the season goes long, maybe they could have more of an opportunity. Nico's too big of a name to you. So I'd probably quarterback on the secondary with the number of guys depth that they have added, that that could be an answer. Uh, the other idea might be somebody, depending on whether he is a starter or not, Elijah Herring at linebacker, second-year player who – I think the coaching staff likes a lot, but if Beasley and Peely are leading the way, if it turns out that way, Herring could be a, quote, next man up. Please click that like button. Helps us bring more people into the show. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. He is Josh Ward. Go to offthehooksports.com for more. I'll tell you who needs to be a next man up is somebody at right tackle. And I think I know where they're going to go, but replacing Darnell Wright is not going to be real easy. Yeah, and in the column, I mentioned guys that are already out there and they they can make a name for themselves for the draft this upcoming year, Cooper Mays and Javante Spragans. But no doubt, Wright is a player that's going to be difficult to replace because of the importance of his position and how good he is. He was a top 10 pick in the NFL draft. He hasn't had one of those since Eric Berry 13 years ago. So Gerald Mincy is a guy that came in as a transfer was probably better than I expected him to be coming in right away, helping on the left side. He makes the switch over to the right side like Darnell did a year ago, and expecting him to be that good would be unfair, or if it's Crawford, would be unfair to expect Darnell right-level play because, again, he's a top-10 pick and he's a five-star prospect out of high school. They're hoping John Campbell can be that transfer answer that we're talking about earlier, but the guy that steps into that right tackle position has to be good, good enough. Darnell Wright good would be unfair, but good enough to keep Tennessee's offensive line at a high enough level, similar to where it was a year ago. Two years ago, the offensive line really struggled to protect the quarterback, and it held the offense back. Last year, it made a big jump, and so did Tennessee's offense. I would, I would also, another name that I would mention, I don't think you did, but there you mentioned several, several was perhaps Andre Couric as well. Um, I would throw that out there, Caleb. Yeah, and um, that's probably at left guard. Let's mm-hmm. see how that competition goes. Does Addison Nichols get into that competition more in the spring? Is there a surprise player that comes available in the transfer portal? Is That was the position group that 
Josh Heupel mentioned uh, in the last couple of weeks when he was asked about the transfer portal, said, you, you know, you want to take the best player you can if you think he can help, which is true. But if we can find some veteran help on the offensive line, you know, that would factor in. But yeah, Carrick for sure is a guy that would factor in as a transfer from Texas and could be the starter at left guard this fall. This is way too early and Caleb, I'm going to jump to you, but Addison Nichols feels like that guy who can back up at several positions, center and guard and guard, and is about a year away from being a really good player to me based off people I talk to. You? That was the sense in the spring, but I did hear good things about him as the spring went along. So let's see what the summer does for him, and let's see what kind of opportunity he gets. If the coaches see that he's continuing to get better and they love his ability, we know that's the case, then he could end up winning that left guard battle, and he's in a position similar to Jerome Carvin where he wins the starting left guard position and serves as the backup center where they would shift him over if Cooper were to go down. I, I don't know that that's going to be the case at all, but that would, to me, be his best opportunity to get on the field right away. But he's a player that has an important summer ahead. At some point, I think Addison Nichols is a starter for Tennessee. I just don't know that it's against Virginia this fall. Josh, I want to do a bit of a hard turn real quick, but there was an alarming ranking that came out yesterday. College Football News revealed it, but the new APR rankings are out, and Vols are near the bottom at 122. They have had a 946 score the last two years, and 930 is what's required for postseason play over a four-year period. LSU's at 922, so don't worry. They're not the, they're not the dumbest school in the SEC. But <laughs> um, what, how much of a concern is this for Tennessee going forward? I don't think that it's a big concern. I could be cut off guard moving forward, but I would think that now that you have your program kind of restructured and you have the leadership in place that you do starting at the top with Danny White and Josh Heupel, and you shouldn't be having uh, a huge amount of turnover compared to what you've had, no more than other programs are going to experience in college football with the way everything is now, that everything is fine moving forward. So it's something to monitor, something to keep an eye on, but LSU is a program that's had change right in the last couple of years with Brian Kelly coming in so I'm sure getting that improved is on the list of priorities coaches get bonuses from that stuff too so yeah they're, they're going to care enough financially as well as what happens on the field so I doubt that it ends up being a big concern for Tennessee in the future yeah don't we all think that APR is kind of one of those things that you 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 can manipulate as a coach I mean you you can say hey player x you need to take some easier classes this year or you need a little more tutoring or something can't we you know it's kind of moldable yeah i would think that you're uh on top of that in some way the most memorable case i can think of from an academic standpoint where school is caught off guard uh if we keep it local remember john higgins situation where he oh, had gosh. changed majors and ends up being ineligible for the postseason. John Higgins, great guy, well thought of, intelligent, but there was uh, there was a mishandling behind the scenes as he was changing his direction academically, and it got him behind. And I think to this day, Buzz Peterson, now you bring it up with Ron Slay still. I think it's a sore subject because it it just it was not handled correctly for what he was trying to do academically with everything he, of course, had on his plate as a starting guard for Tennessee's basketball team. That was the first year that you had to pass six hours to be eligible for postseason play. And because John Higgins was out, Buzz Peterson swore that they were the 65th team. He goes, I'll tell you, we were on the board. We were 65. 
I've seen the board. I don't know how you saw the board, Buzz. But anyway, he swore that they were the 65th team, and they hand out this press release during practice where John Hickens is not available for the SEC tournament. I was always told that that was a boo-boo by John, that John took four 400-level math classes in the fall, and they told him not to, and he said, I want to be a teacher. I want to do this. And they were very challenging. He didn't make it. That's what I was told. Yeah, I, th- I think that might be right. Uh, we're a couple decades removed. Uh, that w- that would just be an example of, you know, at some point somebody steps in and says no. <laughs> so you know, yeah, I, I mean, that's not, not happening. Yeah, it's not what you want to do. But uh, and John, John's great, and he's a smart guy, and he's you know been a coach and a teacher locally. So uh, he he has done what he's wanted to do and been very successful at it. It's just the timing worked out poorly for him and for Tennessee at the time. Portions well, of the program. Not- oh, sorry. Portions of the program brought to you by City Heating and Air Conditioning, cityheatandair.com. Over 50 years in Knoxville. Integrity matters. Cityheatandair.com. And, um, yeah, that uh, that was a a weird situation. But I think you kind of have to have a goofy athletic department to not rein that stuff in early. I'm sorry, Caleb. Yeah, I was just going to say, why not do what North Carolina did? Create fake classes. There's nothing illegal about it. (laughs) I mean, but did y'all ever see any of the essays wrote that some of the players wrote in that that fake class North Carolina wrote? North Carolina had cat GPS back in the day. No, it was just it was legit. A they created a class that like a six year old could ace, and anybody could take it. So what? But anybody could take it. But this was a way that the this was a class the athletes could take to boost their GPA. But they couldn't say it was academic crawl because technically anybody was allowed to take the class. Yeah, the, <laughs> the athletes benefited within their department because other students were also able to benefit. So it wasn't really about trying to prove that the class wasn't an issue. It was just that it wasn't an issue in terms of an extra benefit. Well, Tennessee did something very similar in urban studies. There were several classes there. I remember, I think you and I worked together Josh, at the time, Linda Benzel Myers, you around then, or is that before your time? Yeah, it was a little bit before me. Okay, yeah. Uh, so, in terms of working with you, yeah. Yeah, she she critiqued <laughs> you were alive. Uh, she <laughs> she critiqued um, Tennessee for funneling players into urban studies because it was uh, easier. But this feels like to me that this Tennessee team, this Tennessee program, this athletic department has their stuff together. And I wonder how much of this is bleed over from the change, from the transition. You got to remember, you got 85 scholarship players in football. That's yeah, more that, than almost your entire athletic department. There was a huge exit of players a couple of years ago in that transition from Jeremy Pruitt to Josh Heupel. But to your point and to the original question from Caleb, a reason that I'm not concerned moving forward is that you do have structure in place. So the the face of the athletic department in terms of leadership would be Danny White and then the football program, Josh Heupel. So we can maybe start and end there in terms of confidence moving forward. But Tennessee has an athletic department, staff members under Danny White, who have also been added here in the last two years that I think are really impressive. And it's an athletic department that is impressive in terms of the people that are in charge. And I think making sure athletes are in good standing and helping them with their academics moving forward will be on that list. I think Tennessee has been ahead of the game in trying to educate athletes on what's happening with NIL, knowing they're going to have opportunities and Tennessee will be one of the top schools where 
not just football players, but athletes in other sports get opportunity. So they've been they've been proactive in educating and helping athletes prepare for NIL opportunities. And that to me is one of the benefits of NIL. We talk about what money they can receive, but it actually helps them with real world opportunities. If they're on top of that, they're going to be on top of what needs to happen academically at the University of Tennessee too. Do you remember when uh, Butch Jones in 2017 said the APR turnaround is the biggest victory in Tennessee football history? <laughs> did, he really say, that, did he really say that? Yes. I was yes. covering other stuff at the time. Did he really say that? Yes, he really said that. Can you confirm or deny that, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember that specifically, but a, Sounds big, like a, Butch's- a, a, a big APR win can help lead to a championship in life. So there would be correlation. <laughs> it does lead to a life championship. Wow. Um, All right. So possible, possible studies that you could get into if you're having trouble in school on our message board is phys ed, gym class, feminine <laughs> studies, and sleep studies. Josh, what was uh, your chosen study when you needed a break from class? Was it gym class, uh, fem- feminine studies, or phys ed? I remember you being a big player back in the day. You have no idea. Um, so uh, I, I took ballroom dance and was pretty good at it. Did you really? Yeah, ballroom dance. I was good. Um, I got a B instead of an A because with the tango, you're supposed to actually, uh, in the original teaching, keep your hips locked in. But Shakira told us the hips don't lie, and I wasn't going to on the dance floor. So moving them uh, moved my score from an A to a B, but... I stand behind it. And my wife and I went to uh, we went to a dance outing with mutual friends from the class. So it really paid off. Yeah. Al Pacino. Remember Sin of a Woman? Hey, of do the tango. Hoo-ah. <laughs> yep. That was that was essentially me in class. Worst yeah. thing happens, you just get tangled up. <laughs> so did you get tangled up with anybody? Uh, I, I used the hips of a of a corner. I was fluid out there on the on the dance floor everybody at the new sentinel used to make fun of me for saying that guy's got good hips um but that's hey, that's insane now i was ahead of the curve yeah well uh i remember them making fun of you for a number of things so that was probably just on the list but uh yeah i mean if you're if you're not watching a corner's ability to turn and go then what are you watching at that position yeah you got to flip your hips yeah uh great stuff josh listen to him noon to three on the sports animal if you're in the k-town and man he's uh throwing high hot heat every day josh we appreciate it who are to you and yours time for the next man up thanks guys that is going to be a drop on this show for josh specifically thank you josh you got it who and he's not just throwing high hot heat but because we're talking about the dance floor it's steamy too <laughs> It is steamy, high, hot heat. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, step on the dance floor. So he, is trying, he is trying to secure the greatest victory for Tennessee in history. And... <laughs> All <laughs> right. So the SEC announced uh, what teams are going to be at SEC Media Days and when we'll broadcast live from there. Whoa. Our application is uh, going in today. The Power Ranger. The Power Ranger. What? You sound, you sound like a Power Ranger. Yeah, with it, with that, with that voice. Power. No, okay, I was a huge Mighty Morphin Power Rangers fan. Haven't in the early you 90s. seen? Don't judge me. 
No, that's that's a terrible show. Have you seen Cinnable <laughs> Woman with Al Pacino? Who? Ah. Mm-mm. No, I actually haven't. Oh my gosh! Excellent show. You're not going to believe who Tennessee is paired up with in SEC Media Days in July, and I swear to you, I'm not overselling it. It is gold. Couldn't be a better storyline. Two minutes off the hook. Sports. Caleb Calhoun. I'm Dave Hooker. And Craving Wings South North Shore location where we've heard people say that you can get the best wings in East Tennessee. Pero quien es este? El número 87, Jacob Warren. I'll just do six of my sauce 87, please. Imposible, señorita. Dale seis más. Look at these wings. Perfectas, deliciosas, fantásticas. Man, I don't know what you're saying, but it sounds awesome. How do you say fresh, never frozen in Spanish? Frescas, nunca congeladas. Make your way to Craving Wings and get you seis más. What was funny about Cadis, we were a full continuum of care at that time. We had detox, we had inpatient, we had outpatient. So we were doing a lot of the things that we do now. But now we just do them so much better. It's really a simple program, but it's, we're complicated people. I am what I am, and now I gotta do something about it. You can take your life back. Call Cadis today. Got cataracts? We can fix that. Never miss another moment. With a little help from Drs. Campbell, Cunningham, Taylor, and Hahn at cctis.com. Do you want to own the more that owns every job? Then get to Vasti Lawn and Garden in Cleveland and get you a Toro. I'm David Vasti, here to talk to you about Toro. With a Toro Zero turn, you'll get more out of every minute and you'll reach the finish line faster. At Bassey's, we like to say, no matter if you're mowing three acres a week or 11 lawns a day, homeowners and business owners alike find confidence in equipment they can trust from top to bottom. Bassey Lawn and Garden, Highway 60 North in Cleveland. Man alive, it's worth the drive. Our family has been creating jewelry since 1986. Each piece unique with a story all its own. I'm Rick Terry with Rick Terry Jewelry Designs. I'm a jeweler, and I want to be your jeweler. We're grateful that you chose us to be Knoxville's best jeweler. My family and staff look forward to serving you. So please come see us. Kingston Pike and Campbell Station Road in the heart of Farragut and downtown on Gay Street, right next to the Tennessee Theater. What the what was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. So, Joe Milton III named a dark horse by Brad Crawford of 247 Sports. But I'm just going to be real honest with you. I hit the wrong element. So, we're going to talk about SEC Media Days. My apologies. Let's do this right. Four downs. Four questions. Four answers. The Dave Hooker Show. Four. 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 Downs. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. D says South Carolina, Mizzou, and Bama would be a great group, but we're talking Tennessee, D, who's all the way out in Cali. Download the app, subscribe, like. We appreciate that. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you doing? Um, Caleb, Tennessee will go on the last day. They're actually the last team to be at SEC Media Days. 
So they will be there on Thursday in July. Now, from a news content standpoint, who would you most want to see during Tennessee's media session, Caleb? Which person related with Tennessee? Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. Which other teams? Which other teams? We don't know. Oh. We don't know the players yet, and we won't until like a week two before. Well, maybe Cooper and Jacob. I would imagine would be two. You want to see Alabama because you want yeah. to troll Nick Saban. No, but that's not the number one person you want to see. The obvious. It's obvious where I'm going because we're we're going to go the same way. You want to see Lane Kiffin. You want to see Lane Kiffin on the same day because Lane Kiffin is just way too funny. Tennessee Ole Miss on the same day. Do you want who who would you most want to see in the third spot given what happened last year? Wink wink. I'm giving you a hint. Andy acted like a bit of a doofus last year during SEC media days. Yeah, I'm lost on this one. I mean, I I'm I, I I think I know where you're going because I know who's in this spot, but I'm assuming that's who you're saying you want to see in this moment. Who is going to be in this moment? Yes. So do you Shane know who Beamer. it is yet? Shane Beamer? It is Shane Beamer. So there will be a moment at which Shane Beamer and Josh Heupel will come together, have to shake hands and talk about uh, probably nothing as they probably don't want to be around each other all that much. But that's a great storyline day. As a matter of fact, I believe firmly that that is the best storyline day. I mean, you've got, from Tennessee's perspective, you have the team that beat them last year and the team that they need a thump this year to end any sort of potential rivalry. You have that. You also have uh, Lane Kiffin that, obviously, it's Lane Kiffin. I can't possibly imagine a, a better a better trio on the final day. And I do think that they stack some of these so that they're so that the media stays till the very end. A lot of times that's Alabama at the very end, but there've been a couple of days where they had like Missouri and Vanderbilt on the last day. And you're like, I don't need to be any part of this. Um, the, and people would leave early and it was like a ghost town. So the first day will be LSU, Missouri, Texas A&M. That's Monday, July the 17th. Tuesday, full day, Auburn, Georgia, Mississippi State, Vanderbilt. So we'll talk a lot about Auburn and Georgia that day. Wednesday, Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, and Kentucky. Uh, now, this is going to be in Nashville. And then Thursday, man, if you're a Tennessee fan, I just don't know that it gets any better than Lane Kiffin, Shane Beamer, Josh Heupel. You have – Two coaches that will say something in Lane Kiffin and Shane Beamer. We know Josh Heupel is not going to say much. He doesn't say much in, in front of the in front of the media and wasn't comfortable last year with all the NIL talk about uh, Nico at the time that came up. He also, I don't think, was real comfortable with uh, Eli Drunkwitz saying that Tennessee was cheating on the Jim Rome show, which he dropped, I believe, purposefully that day so that Tennessee would have to deal with that. So, Caleb, I love it. I love that final day of Ole Miss, South Carolina, and Tennessee. That is just plain strong, my friend. 
Oh, it is. And here's the thing. It's it's necessary, too, because they really dropped the ball on the other days. Like, how do you not have Alabama and Texas A&M on the same day going next to each other? Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher with their war of words. And maybe Kirby Smart before Nick Saban, since he is the new Nick Saban. Like, how do you not do that? I mean, let, I mean let's go to the first, you know, first day. Brian Kelly, Eli Drinkwitz, Jimbo Fisher. Okay, Missouri, we don't care about. LSU and Texas A&M, we do. But at least put Brian Kelly and Jimbo Fisher back-to-back. And then Tuesday... Hugh Freeze and Kirby Smart, but those are two interesting ones, but you could have those at any time. I want Alabama, Georgia, and Texas A&M next to each other. I want the drama with Nick Saban surrounded by his two assistants, his two former assistants, one who's about to get fired and he's taking a ton of shots at, and the other who has taken his mantle away from him. But instead, we got to see Nick Saban next to Sam Pittman? Yeah, you got to put Sam Pittman somewhere. So on, on Thursday, it's Tennessee, South Carolina – Ole Miss. So four downs, first down. Will Lane Kiffin throw a Barb Tennessee's way? Yay or nay? What say you, Caleb? Yes. Yes. He's going to make a South Carolina joke in like you know, first just five Tennessee. minutes. Will he, will he take a shot at Tennessee? Yes, with the South Carolina joke because what South, Car- South Carolina did to Tennessee last year. Maybe. I'm going to say that Lane is past the point of that. Just a weird, weird prediction. Maybe not. I haven't seen him tweet as much. Didn't uh, he turn down the Auburn job because they wouldn't let him tweet that much? I think that was a factor. He also leaked out there that he didn't want to move his kids, which I don't think he's ever made a professional decision based off his family. And I I didn't believe that. Um, I kind of do because I, think, I don't want to live in Auburn. Okay, sorry. Keep going. <laughs> I think at the end of the day, he wasn't offered. Um, it, it is my, my thought on that. Um, so will Shane Beamer do something goofy? If you remember last year, he had the viral video of him like coming in with a rapper and had the glasses and stuff. Will he do something goofy again, or will he be a more esteemed Shane Beamer? I think he will be, I hate to say this. He will be, he won't do anything goofy this time. He'll be more esteemed. And here's why Shane Beamer is very much like Butch Jones. They say goofier things when they feel a little more pressure. Like, Butch Jones didn't come across as goofy when Tennessee was considered a program on the rise and people were excited about the program. It was when he started feeling the heat when he said, champions of life and five-star hearts and and, and, and even a mental rep is a real rep. And <laughs> Fair. All right. So that was that was um, second down. Third down, will Hypel even mention Lane or Shane's name? Because some coaches like to go in there, especially – with the recent history of Beamer and the recent or the not so recent history of Kiffin, they don't say their name. And um, it's just a little bit of a psychological ploy. Will he mention their names? No, Josh Heupel is way too careful in press conferences. He's not going to do that. I think he'll be asked and he's, it's not one of those things like when Butch Jones said the red team, which incited to Alabama's uh, football team that year. I don't think he's, did he really back. think that was going to be a motivator for his team? The red team. Yeah, and it wasn't. They got hammered. Like, that reminds me of when Derek Mason was like the team out east. Right. So <laughs> that's that's third down. Fourth down, it's a possession down. If you had to root for one person, Kiffin or Beamer message, well, you've got to root for one person. Who would it be? Kiffin, he's fun. I, I like fun. I want Lane Kiffin, and I want 2009 Lane Kiffin back running Ole Miss. Yeah, it would have <laughs> to be Lane for me as well. 
particularly since the S- we are now eight years removed from Steve Spurrier coaching in the SEC, and you need like someone has to play the role that Spurrier played for so many years, right? Yeah, um, but I, th- I think that Lane could do that. I just think he's growing a little bit tired of it, and I, I think after getting passed by Auburn, and I believe that's the case. Um, I believe that um, he realizes he needs to be viewed a little bit differently to get a destination job again, like he had at Tennessee, quite frankly. But um, so wait, I'm just missing this. So Auburn passes on Lane Kiffin for baggage, and then they go hire Hugh Freeze. Well, I mean, it's I, I can't tell you that for sure. I, I will I will tell you when I have a really good source on something. I don't have a really good source on this, but that's what I was told. Right, um, I'm just. We're there's just about no reason. That, well, it, it makes logical sense. There's no reason not to take the Auburn job over Ole Miss. That is a considerably better job. Yeah, I, I agree, but it's. I can't. I can't imagine Auburn being like Lane Kiffin has too much baggage. Let's go hire a guy who, is a snake, got in trouble for a prostitution scandal, and. Also has some very, very weird and serious charges against him from when he was a high school teacher. Well, so, no, wait. But wait a second. There's there's a lot of baggage with Lane, too, that doesn't get talked about publicly. Yes, but if Auburn's trying to avoid the baggage, particularly because of the Brian Harson thing, you don't they wouldn't go for Hugh Freeze. Like that's not a guy they would go for. Um listen, I'm I'm not saying prostitution, okay, but the baggage with Lane Kiffin that's known in SEC circles is significant. Does it outweigh Hugh Freeze's no. baggage though? No. That's what I mean. That's what no. I mean. So they wouldn't turn away from Lane and go, if they turned away from Lane and hired somebody else, you've got me. But if they're worried about Lane's baggage, I'm just saying they would not go and then hire Hugh Freeze unless they think Hugh Freeze is a better offensive mind than Lane. I don't know. I That's possible, but I don't. Do I think, think baggage was a factor on both guys. Let's put it that way. Okay. And, I mean, it's just weird that they hired Hugh Freeze if they weren't going to hire Helene Kiffin. That's all I'm saying. No, that's fair. And, you know, maybe Lane didn't want to give up social media control. That'd be a stupid reason to pass on a job, but that could be the case. Uh, click that like button if you haven't to this point. We greatly appreciate that. Share. And if you haven't subscribed, man, do that. Celebrate 98 series is coming to fruition. And that'll probably be this week. There's a cornerback that I would like to talk to, and uh, Fred White, I think, might do that, uh, say, tomorrow. So we're looking forward to that to celebrate 98 Series. 25 years since Tennessee won a national championship. It's insane. So I fired the element earlier. Do me fired again? Why not? Go ahead. What the? What was he thinking? Release the hounds. The Dave Hooker Show. <laughs> Keep cool. A presentation of offthehooksports.com. What the H? How about Brad Crawford at 247 Sports saying that he believes that Joe Milton could be this year's version of Anthony Richardson? Well, God, I wrote that first, but I'm not accusing anyone of stealing. I'm not doing that. But here's what Brad says. I have a feeling Tennessee quarterback Joe Milton is going to be the 2024 NFL Drafts version of Anthony Richardson. I had a coach at Michigan tell me without me asking that Milton was going to win a Heisman Trophy in the spring of 2019. Maybe that can happen in 2023. 
Milton has a cannon arm and incredible athletic traits to fit his six foot five, 245 pound frame. The difference between Milton and Richardson is he is going to have to throw the ball for Tennessee weekly with consistent accuracy while going through progressions in their tempo based choice offensive system. I like his chances passing it 10 times more than Richardson at this stage. I do too. I think Joe Milton will be a better quarterback than Anthony Richardson was last year for, um, for Florida. And so if he matches all the measurables, who's to say he could not only be a first round pick, but a top half of the first round pick that would not surprise me at all. Caleb. No, not me either. And it's, you're right. It's what you've been seeing for a while. I'll give you credit on that. And it's what, it's what we kind of have expected. I will say the thing that stood out to me from this little graph was a Michigan person telling him that Milton would win the Heisman in 2019. Cause now I'm, my mind's going to here. Dave, what type of indictment is it against Jim Harbaugh? If Joe Milton is a Heisman candidate this year, like say Michigan has defense and running, but they're just, they're just missing, missing it at quarterback. Is that, you, is that going to warm up Jim Harbaugh's seat again? Um, I don't know that Milton's a, as big of a factor because I think guys are given a pass nowadays and I don't think Harbaugh's seat's warm for any reason other than himself I mean he made the college football playoff last year I think that the reason it might be warm is the same reason that Tennessee fans were a little bit turned off by Rick Barnes is that Rick Barnes seriously flirted with UCLA and was willing to go there Jim Harbaugh has reached out to several NFL teams by various reports and wants to go back to the NFL that to me would stick in my craw if I'm Michigan's athletic department i mean you're you're looking to leave every single year yeah I, I get it and i i think michigan kind of is aware of how good of a coach he is and i'm just wondering though i, I think about it from on the field like okay justin fuente let's call it what it is he got fired in 2021 because hendon hooker was balling at tennessee that was the biggest reason they virginia tech fired him because they were like you threw him under the bus and look what he's doing now Milton transferred because I don't think he I, – I think he had lost his starting job at Michigan. And you, you start to think, wow, if he balls out at Tennessee this year, you know a lot of Michigan fans are going to be thinking, how do we let him get away? Well, but it's a couple of years removed. And the reason I would say that, it's a couple of years removed. So maybe he was immature at the time and he got mature. Um, I just think the transfers – on both sides of it. When you look at a Joe Milton or Hendon Hooker transferring, it, it used to used to think they were bust at the other place or they were bad dudes or they had some issues, but you don't think that anymore. It, it's completely changed. And I think the same thing should be said for coaches. Maybe there's just not a good fit. Maybe guys don't get along. And with the freedom to leave, they're going to leave. You're going to lose good players to other programs. It's just a factor. By the way, we were asking the message board, a crawl. What's a crawl? It's the crop of a bird or insect, the stomach of a person or animal. So it sticks in your stomach. How about that? Helping you out. Joe Milton wouldn't have played at Michigan last year, says Travis on the message board. We didn't really play at Tennessee last year. I mean, until the end when Hendon Hooker got hurt. But I'm just saying, I, I'm just wondering because, Look, I've said this before, and I, this is on our Instagram stories right now, where I said Michigan is the, the most—they're the most overrated program in any sport by far. Michigan is the most overinflated program. They have half a national title the last seventy years. Ouch! It's strong. Crafttreats.com is strong. Crafttreats.com has 
great, fantastic treats for your pet. And they've got the CBD treats. If you use the promo code off the hook, off the hook, then you'll save 20%. And what will that 20% give you? Well, with the CBD treats, the chill pills, it will get you a pet that is not suffering from arthritis, that is not suffering from anxiety, that is not suffering from digestive issues. That's pretty awesome. So you can get that at crafttreats.com. The chill pills or any of their fine products. Just use the promo code off the hook. Use the promo code off the hook and you will get 20% off. It's going to be about his accuracy, Joe Milton. So how soon will we know that they have either adapted the offense to Milton to make him more accurate in the passes that he's good at. And I think those are slants and dig routes. Um, As opposed to how much more accurate will Milton get in the throws that he needs to make in Tennessee's offense, which is going to be the go and the will route. So how much do they adjust as opposed to how much better does Milton get? How, how, those factors judge them for me, Caleb. I don't, I, I think, I don't think we see the adjustments until week three. There's no reason. That's when Tennessee visits Florida. There's absolutely no reason to show anything against Virginia or Austin P. Those are both fall out of bed wins. Yes. Virginia is a fall out of bed win. I, I know they're a power five team, but they're playing Virginia Nashville. That's a, you agree, right? Dave, that's a fall out of bed win. Tennessee is not, doesn't have to show up. Yes. Completely agree. You, you fall out of bed and you win that game and Tennessee should win that game um, quite easily, really. And you don't have to show much. Now, if Billy Napier is so detail-oriented, which everybody says he is, he needs to go back to the Orange Bowl and watch because that was a much different offense than just in, in terms of the passing tree or, or what Joe Milton saw. That was a different offense than what Hendon Hooker ran. Not a vastly different. I, I shouldn't say much different, but – they just they threw a lot more over the middle, which makes me think that they're very comfortable with Joe Milton. Remember this: this coaching staff picked Joe Milton over Hendon Hooker. They I went out and signed actively signed Joe Milton when they had four quarterbacks on the roster. They yeah, I'm not talking to him as a transfer. I can't say this enough times. I mean that that is that happened, and you can call it a mistake at the time because. Hendon Hooker played so great, but maybe it's maybe it's not a mistake. Maybe they were so close that th- there are times in coaching, guys. I know we we think to ourselves, "Oh, this is easy. Take Peyton Manning over Brandon Stewart." But there was a lot of debate about that, Caleb. A lot of times, decisions are fifty fifty or sixty forty in coaching, and that I mean that happens a lot. So I think there's was, a bigger bias. I have to be honest. I think I think it was because Heupel himself went and signed Milton and not Hooker. Well, that maybe, well, that's what I'm saying, though. If it if it was a 50-50, you like Hendon and Joe, okay? Then Joe's the guy I picked, so I'm going to go with my guy. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. So, like, there are a lot of times when coaching decisions are not an absolute. We, we, we often say that. It's just not the case. There are close competitions in camp. There are close competitions in practice where you might have been about the same with either one. I think you're right. I mean, I, I think that if that's your dude and you picked him up and he might have gotten some NIL money, I mean, who are you? I'm going to play that dude. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's with athletic directors and coaches. But athletic directors are a lot more invested in coaches they hire than coaches they don't hire. Like if, if, if you come on board and you're an athletic director, which Tennessee, every Tennessee coach has had to deal with, except for Josh Heupel, you know, has had to cha- deal with the change in athletic directors. I'm sure if you're a coach, you start to think, oh, uh-oh, new athletic director. I better watch out. Amen. Bassy Lawn and Garden Man Alive, it's worth the drive. If you're in Nashville, Knoxville, Cleveland, it doesn't matter. Bassy Lawn and Garden, go to Bassy.com. <clears throat> Pardon me, to learn more, Bassy.com has the buying power where they can take care of your industrial commercial fleet. You've got residential as well. And just great people in Cleveland, Tennessee. Bassy.com to learn more. Have a fantastic afternoon day evening morning whenever you're watching he's caleb calhoun i'm dave hooker this has been a presentation of off the hook sports lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well there you have it you can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com play for free right now are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary void prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply see website for details with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.